Are you ready to start a new series? This, this series is called The Perfect Fit. And what I'm, what I'm excited about in this series is that this series is going to address a deep desire in the heart of every single human being that is in one of our locations today or watching online. And that desire is to live a life of purpose. To live a life of purpose. There is not a human being in this room within the sound of my voice who wants to live a life that is meaningless and arbitrary and accidental. Each and every one of us have a deep God-given desire to live a life in which we fulfill the God-given purpose that God planted in our hearts from the beginning of time. All of us long to live a life of meaning and a life of purpose, to do something that counts. And the question that we often ask is, where do I fit in with that? What's the fit between God's purpose, God's plan, and my passion and my person? Where's the, where do we connect the dots? How do I fit into God's purpose and plan for my life? So for the next few weeks, we're going to be exploring that in all of its glory. And there's a lot to dive into. And this is a topic that I just, I, I love deeply because for me, my life, years and years ago, I began to ask that question when I was 18 years old. I began to ask that question, God, what do you want for me? What is my, what is my purpose? I was graduating from one of the finest institutions in St. Louis, Pattonville High School. And, um, and, um, and I was about to graduate. People just started calling out their own high school names just now. Um, I, I was about to graduate. And the closer I got to graduation, the question about God, about God, what is my purpose? It just began to impress me deeply. Like I really struggled to understand what does God want from me? What am I supposed to do with my life? And it was strange because it seemed like my friends were not struggling with the same question. They were signing up for, you know, the military or they were signing up for their trade or they were getting ready to go to college. And people seemed to be moving fairly seamlessly into that next step in life. But I was just I was sort of crushed with this question. God, what do you want me to do? And I started, every time I'd go to church, uh, 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 I would pray. I would come to the altar. We had altar calls, man. I'd come down to the altar and I'd pray, God, what do you want me to do with my life? I want to please you. I want to honor you. I want to... Now, don't think I was a righteous, super righteous kid. I don't think I had ever sought God's direction before that in my life. I had always done what I wanted to do. But in that moment, I needed to know what God wanted me to do. And I didn't have clear direction. So I did something one Sunday evening. We had church on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Tuesday night, Friday, and Saturday. Um, and so that Sunday evening, I said, I I'm going to go down to one of the Sunday school rooms, and I'm going to go put myself in one of these Sunday school rooms, and I'm going to pray until God tells me what his plan and his purpose is for my life. That's what I decided to do. I'm going to do that. I'm gonna, this, is, this is in Bridgeton, Missouri, at New Life Church uh, on Mark Twain Lane, right? United Pentecostal Church, man, it was, I, I was in there. And I said, God, I need to know what you want. So that Sunday after church, I went down into the basement of this church. I went to the little Sunday school room. It's the first Sunday school room on your left. When you go into the basement, you go over here. I'm in the Sunday school room. I, I shut the door. I say, God, I'm not leaving until you show me your purpose for my life. I'm not going to leave here until you just tell me, God, I just want, I want a sign. I want, I want to know, God, what do you want for my life? And I'm praying and, and, and walking around and pacing. I wasn't getting any answer. 
So I don't know where I came up with this idea. Maybe I heard a missionary do it or somehow or other. I said, you know what I'm going to do? I saw a Bible on the bookshelf. I'm going to open the Bible. I'm going to plop open the Bible. I'm going to put my finger on it. And whatever I land on is going to be God's will for my life. Now, can I just do a public service announcement for Christians? Please don't use that methodology. That is a flawed methodology. You will land on, you know, Philistia begat Hezekiel and they had, you know, 400 camels and 1,800 mules and spotted calves. You'll end up with something that just won't make sense. But I said, this is what I'm going to do. And so I took the Bible, I threw it open, I put my finger down, and to this day, it could have been a coincidence. Okay, I'm just going to concede that. Could have been a coincidence. Or it could have been that God just knew this guy is a special case. He's going to be so stubborn and so rebellious that I need to give him some real clarity, a miracle. So I put my finger down and I promise you, my finger landed on Isaiah 61 and 1, which says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord that he might be glorified. That was the scripture that I landed on. It had a little bit of an impact on me. But let me tell you, It's not, the story doesn't end super well in this moment. Because to me, there was no ambiguity about what the passage said. And I had already said, I'm going to just do whatever the passage says I'm going to do. There was no ambiguity. The passage was calling me to be a pastor, to be a preacher, preach good tidings unto the meek, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives. Like that's, that's, that's the job description. But I didn't want to be a pastor because my dad was a pastor and his dad was a pastor. My mom's dad was a pastor. All my uncles were pastors. I didn't want to do that. So I'm on this scripture where the purpose of my life is being declared in neon lights. And I did something that I also do not recommend, but I was rebellious and angry and I was, a, I was a, you know, this is years ago, many years ago. I picked up the Bible and I said, I'm not doing that. And I took the Bible and I threw it across the room. Sunday school room, just threw it across the room. I stormed out. The janitor saw me on the way out. He's like, hey, Brent. I'm like, <laughs> I stormed out of that room, got in the parking lot, got in my car, drove off. I said, no, that is not what I'm going to do. If God had said something else, if, if I had landed on the mule verse or the donkey verse, I'd be a cowboy today. I'd be a rancher somewhere, <laughs> right? I would have done anything else. But that I said, no, I'm not going to do. And what happened for me is that that began a breakdown in my life, a a straying from not only my purpose and my passion that God had put in my heart, but, but from the faith altogether. And before I knew it, I didn't know what my life was about because I had left. I, you don't know what your design is. If you've left the designer, if you leave the one who made you, you don't know what you're made for. And I just spent years wandering aimlessly and purposelessly through life because I had rejected my calling. So years later, when I finally did surrender to God and I became a Christian, the, the, the very exact same thing rose right up in my heart. And I knew the moment I became a believer, oh my Lord, I'm going to have to be a pastor, aren't I? Because he told me to, you know, many, many years ago. And, and so when I finally acquiesced and surrendered my life to God, one of my 
deep abiding desires from that point until this is to help empower and equip other people to discover and fulfill their purpose. That, that just has become a deep part of my life. Somebody who rejected purpose, who wandered aimlessly for many years, and then who ultimately discovered, found, and am, and am seeking by God's grace to fulfill my purpose. My goal is to help you discover your purpose. That's my plan for you. That's my plan for this series. My goal, by God's grace, by his word, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is to help you discover and fulfill your purpose in life, your God-given purpose in life. So if, if you're here today and you're seeking that, I want you to make, make a commitment to yourself. Do yourself a favor and come to every sermon in this series because we're going to explore all the nuances, the depths of what it means to fulfill your purpose. If you're here today and you, you, you've been around the block, you're, you, you know, you're, you're not in your 20s anymore or your 30s or 50s. or 60s. You're up here and you say, you know what, That's, that ship has sailed. Can I just tell you that the, the scripture says that only after David fulfilled his purpose, then he rested with his fathers. In other words, if you're still breathing, God still has a purpose for you. He still has a plan for you. He still has, a, if you ain't dead, he's got a destiny for you, right? If you ain't dead, he ain't done. You heard that. But, but God has something for all of us. So I want to help us explore God's purpose and plan for our life so we can fit perfectly into what his will for is for us. So I'm going to start with Ephesians chapter four. I'm going to read a kind of a big chunk of passage here. And then over the next few weeks, we're going to be, we're going to be parsing this up. Here's what it says. Ephesians four, verse 11 through 16. It says, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Why? To equip his people for works of service. So that's, that's, that tells you right there, I can read that scripture and I, I know what my job is. It says he gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? To equip the people of God for works of service. My job is to help you discover and fulfill your job. That's, that's my job. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. We're not there yet, people. We haven't hit unity in the faith with the body of believers around the world. So until, until we are built up, until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and until we become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Do you see what, do you see what the scripture is saying? It's saying Jesus sent the church to help develop, grow, and, and, and empower and equip the saints of God, the people of God, to fulfill their purpose so that we can all be the body of Christ in the world transforming the earth. Then he said, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together, the perfect fit, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Let's just take a moment, after having read this scripture, let's take a moment and let's just pray that God would lead each and every one of us, each part, each one of us to do our part so that the whole body can come together and be fruitful and full on the earth. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord God, for the clarity of your word. I pray, Lord God, that you would speak 
uh, through me today uh, so that each and every one of us might draw closer to you. I pray that you would be honored and magnified and glorified. I pray that our hearts would be drawn to you. I pray that our minds would be drawn to you. I pray that we would even reflect on the specific and general purposes that you have put in our lives uh, that are directed at bringing you honor. I pray, Lord God, that you would remove obstacles, fear, anxiety, distraction, so that we can focus with laser-like focus today on what you have for each and every one of us. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. So when you came in, you received a handout. Did everybody get one of these today? Everybody get a handout? Raise your handout if you got a handout. If you didn't get a handout, okay, everybody got one. Okay, Shaw, you all should have got them. If, if you're online and you didn't get one, check your inbox. Uh, it's at the top of your inbox. I just happened to attach that to the email I sent. So there you go. Um, this is a, a handout that we're going to use to demonstrate a model of how we are to pursue, discover, uh, and fulfill our purpose. So I want to start with, the, with an idea that I am going to, to just label. And, and this is going to be the top circle on your handout. I call, I call this circle design. D-E-S-I-G-N. Okay, good. Uh, design. If you and I long to fulfill the purpose for which we have been made, we have to begin with the understanding that we were designed by God. That we were designed by God. Uh, let, let me show you what I mean. If I show you this uh, this, this driver, this power tool. I, I'm going to start using power tools as much as I can in sermons. I just feel like they get the point across very effectively. This is a real, real power tool right here. Um, when you look at this power tool, you know that this is not a random assembly of plastic and metal and wires and electronics. You know that. You know that somebody sat down and thought about the design of this tool. Somebody put some intentionality, some precision, some care, some thought into putting this thing together. Every little part of it was put together with care and thought and precision because this is a designed tool. When you and I look at each other and when we look at ourselves, it is vitally important that we get this very first concept that we are designed we are not an arbitrary accumulation of hydrogen and oxygen and nitrogen and carbon all smashed together just arbitrarily, accidentally. There was forethought. There was forethought into who you are. You are not arbitrarily assembled. You were perfectly designed. You. And when I say designed, I'm talking about everything about you. I'm talking about your background, your, 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 where you came from, your parentage, everything about, there's a design to who you are. There is a, God designed you. In fact, the psalmist understood this. The psalmist uh, put it like this. He said, you created me. He understood this, God. You created me in my inmost being. He said, you knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. When I left the faith as a young man, the, pro the reason I could not discover my purpose is that I, I lost the sense that I had been designed. I began to believe, like many people do, that my life was merely an accident. 
that I was just here arbitrarily, that there was no rhyme or reason to my existence, that I was just here and that nothing that I did, said, thought, or cared about mattered. There was no meaning, there was no purpose, there was no direction, there was no design. And so when you believe that about yourself, you cannot live a life of purpose because there is no purpose. So if we want to actually begin to really truly fulfill our purpose, we need to take seriously the reality that God designed you. He made you. Everything about you, he designed. Your personality, your traits, your skills, your lack of skills in some areas, your, your, everything about you is part of your design. So we need to begin to understand our design. And the other thing we need to understand is that we are not just designed, but when you design something, when a designer designs something, they design that thing for a specific purpose. Okay? So again, let's come back to the power tool. The power tool is designed. We understand that. But we must also understand that it is designed for a specific purpose. And it functions really well when it is used for that specific purpose. But when you use it for a purpose other than that for which it was designed, it will break and it will not work. Every once in a while, when, I, when I'm working on something around the house and I need to drive something in, if I don't have a hammer and I have my drill, I'm tempted to go bonk, 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 right? But it wasn't designed to be a hammer. It was designed to be a drill. You and I are designed for a specific purpose. The thing is, a lot of times we look at the purposes of other people and we want to do their purpose. We look at their gifts and we say, I want their gift. We look at their skills and their attributes and go, I want that skill that I want to be like them. And God's saying, I didn't design you for that. I can watch LeBron James play basketball. I could even aspire to play basketball like LeBron James. The problem is I'm short, but I'm slow. So I, 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 I don't have, I can, as, I can aspire to it, but that doesn't mean I have the attributes to do it. I have specific skills and strengths. You have specific skills and strengths. And when we use those for the purpose for which they were made, and when we do that together, then things can work out. I'll give you another quick example. I've got a collection of stuff up here. I've got, I've got some paint. I've got a power tool. I've got a, I've got a frame. I've got uh, some stencils. Stencils right here. I was at Michael's last night. Um, so I, I just, I got like a, I'm not sure what that is. It's something. And I got all this stuff, right? And, and I could make something beautiful here. I don't know if it'd be beautiful, but I could make something designed here. But I would have to use all of these implements for the purpose for which they were made. If I tried to screw the, the, the frame together with a paint can, it wouldn't work. If I tried to paint with the, with the driver, it wouldn't work. We need to understand not only do, are we designed, but we are designed for a purpose. Let me show you what I mean in, in the scripture. The scripture says this in Ephesians 2.10. We are God's handiwork. Somebody say poema. Poema. That's the Greek word for handiwork. It's where we get the English word poem. Poem. We are God's poema, right? It took time. It took, he designed that. He worked on that. We are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Now, this is the part that gets me. Which God prepared in advance for us to do. So not only are you designed, you're designed to fulfill some specific purposes that he designed for you to fulfill before you were born. 
While you were being knit together in your mother's womb, he had purposes and plans and desires for you. He wanted you to fulfill something. And when we come out as children of the womb, there's a plan and a purpose for our life. There's, a, there's, there's things that he has designed for us to do that he's called us into. So, so to begin to understand what our true purpose is in life, we've got to understand that we are designed and that we are designed with a purpose. All right, so that's point one. You can write design on your circle, on, the, on your handout. Now, here's the next part. We not only need to understand our design, but we also need to begin to understand God's desire. God's desire. Now, I say God's desire because a lot of people get this wrong. A lot of people get the idea that if I desire it, it must be God's will. That's not a good approach to life. I desire to eat chicken and waffles every morning. I just desire that. That's not God's will for my life, right? I don't follow all of my desires. Because if you followed all of your desires, it turns out that some of your desires are righteous desires and some of them are unrighteous desires. Some of them are going to lead you closer to God and some of them are going to lead you further from God. What's interesting to me is that a lot of our desires are actually seeking something good, but in a, in, in a, in a way that is not God's way. So we're seeking something that's ultimately good, but we're seeking it in a, in a way that is broken, that is corrupted. I, I love the story of Moses when he was a young man. Moses was, as you know, born to a, a, an Israelite slave, a Hebrew slave woman. And he was destined by Pharaoh to be killed, but he wasn't destined by God to be killed. His mother put him in a basket and put him in the Nile River. Pharaoh's daughter found him in the river, drew him out and raised him as her own in the palace. So Moses had this unique design. He was born an Israelite slave, but he was raised in the palace. He was raised among royalty. And so he had these two qualities happening in him at the same time. And he had a desire that we see early in life. The scripture says in Exodus 2 that he, he came out from, uh, from, from the palace and he saw an Egyptian who was beating an, an Israelite slave. And a passion rose in him. An indignation rose in him. Uh, an anger rose in him because what he wanted was justice. What he wanted was for things to be set right. What he wanted was for his people to stop being oppressed. What he wanted was for his people to stop being taken advantage of. And so he had this good desire. If you look deep at his desire, it was a good desire, but he also had an earthly desire, a fleshly desire, which is, I'm going to take care of this right now my way. Scripture says he looked to the right and to the left, and then he killed that Egyptian slave driver, and he dug a hole and he buried him. This is murder. <laughs> he murdered, right? He murdered someone. So he had this somehow deep godly desire, but he also had this human desire, and the human desire overcame the godly desire, and he couldn't, he, 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 he acted on the human desire, not on the godly desire. The scripture teaches this about desire for you and I. It says, the flesh, Galatians 5, the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit desires what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. What I want to get through to you today is there are desires that God put in your heart, 
But you have to separate them from the desires that you have for yourself. If it honors God, that's a God desire. If it glorifies you, that's a you desire. Those are different desires. And God is saying, look, I want, I want you to desire what I want you to desire. I put a desire, Moses, in your heart. A good desire, but you have to check that desire against my will and my way. You've got to, you've got to, you've got to know the distinction between the good desire and, and, the, and the bad desire. There's a cultural theme that we hear, follow your dreams. We hear this idea, follow your dreams. Well, maybe, maybe follow your dreams. If they're God's dreams that God gave you, follow your dreams. If they're your dreams that you gave yourself, I wouldn't recommend you follow those dreams if those are not God's dreams, right? We have to understand and distinguish between our desires. The scripture says this, Psalm 37, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. What I'm saying to you today is when you begin to pursue God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, the, the righteous desires, the, the God-given desires, the spirit-led desires will rise up to the foreground. When I ultimately became a follower of Jesus and I surrendered my life to Jesus, even though for years before that I had adamantly opposed the idea of becoming a pastor, right after I became a Christian, I wanted to be a pastor so bad I could taste it. I was in law school at the time and I called my uncle. I said, Uncle Norman, should I just drop out of law school and go straight to divinity school? Cause I want to be a pastor. He said, you've been a, you've been a, you've been a Christian for about 10 minutes, Brent. So why don't you just calm down and let's just see what God does. And, and, and when I got married, I, I would come home from my job and I, Rebecca will tell you, I talked about being a pastor every day. I thought about it. I read books about it. I prayed about it. I, I just, I could not stop myself. I longed to do what God had called me to do. There, a desire, a righteous desire came up in me to do what God had wanted me to do all of the time. My wife, to her credit, finally said, hey, you're about to drive me crazy. You're about to drive yourself crazy. You're going to drive everybody crazy unless you start doing what God called you to do. I don't care if we live in a cupboard you need to go be a pastor and, and do what God called you to do because that's what God called you. That's your purpose. That's God's purpose and plan for your life. Your desire will help to point you towards your destiny if your desire is aligned with what God wants for you. So you've got design, you've got desire, and then here's the third part. Ready? I call this demand. Where's the need? Where's what's missing? Where's the, what, what is the thing in life that is calling out to be resolved? Where's the pain point that God designed you and gave you the desire to fix? Now this, 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 all you have to do is look around. We live in such a broken world. There is need everywhere. There is demand everywhere. There is hunger everywhere. There is pain everywhere. There's injustice everywhere. There is a high demand for anybody who says, I'm going to just do what God called me to do. I'm going to live out the purpose that God has put. There is a deep demand. In fact, when you look at, at the life of, of Moses, you see when God finally called him back to his designed purpose, the scripture says in uh, Exodus 3, it says this, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people. Misery, that's demand. 
That's, there's, a, there's a lack, there's a need, there's a hurt, there's a pain. I've seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers. And I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. There's a demand and I've got some supply. So now this is it. So now Moses, go. Go do the thing that I called you to do. Go do the thing that I designed you to do. Go do the thing that you deep down in your heart desire to do. So now go. I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. We see this picture of, of Moses where he was designed. This guy had, he had, he had a Hebrew Israelite in him and he had royalty in him. There was nobody better designed to speak to the people of God and to speak to the Pharaoh and to the Egyptians. There was nobody better in the world designed than Moses to do that. He was fluent in the ways of the court and he was fluent in the ways of the people. He was the guy. He was designed for that. He had a desire, even though when we read at the burning bush, all he keeps saying is, I can't do it. It's not me. Don't let. That's fear speaking. Sometimes fear will override God's desire, deep desire for you. And you'll have a deep desire, but you'll have a fear that masks that desire. Fear is, a, fear is very, very tricky. It will, ma- it will make you think you don't want what you do want because you're afraid to go do it. You're afraid to go after it. Moses said, God, I, I, I know that that's what you want for me, but I don't want that. And God says, oh yeah, you do want that because you, in your, in, you murdered somebody for that 40 years ago. You want it real bad, Moses. You need to just get over the fear and the anxiety and the worry because I'm going to be with you. I want you to go do what I've called you to do because there is a major demand. There are people that are hurting and struggling, people in pain, and I've sent you to go get them. I've sent you to go rescue them. Let me tell you this. You and I are no different than Moses and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Rebecca and Sarah and Deborah and the, and the prophets. We, we're, not, we're no different. They're just regular folks like you and me. They're just regular people like you and me. But God says to them and God is saying to you and me, look, I have designed you for a purpose. I've actually put a passion and a desire in your heart. And there is a demand all around you. Until we come to the fullness of God in Christ, until we come to complete unity in the faith, we're not there yet. There's demand everywhere. God is saying to you and me, I want you to go do what I've called you to do. I want you to find and fulfill your purpose in life. I don't want you wandering through life aimlessly, purposelessly, not doing anything that matters or counts. I want your life to count. I want your life to matter. I want you to do what I made you to do. Because when we recognize our design, we begin to understand our desire, we see the demand where these three, these three elements overlap. This is where you begin to fully live into your destiny. This is your destiny. Your destiny, your God-given purpose, your God-given mission in life is at the overlap of God's design of your life, the desires that he puts in your heart, and the great need in the world. Where these three things overlap, this is your destiny. This is where God is calling you. This is what God has for you. And I want with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my body, I want to help you get there. 
I want you to live out, because when you do, can I just tell you this? I can tell you this from my own testimonial standpoint. When you do, you live a life of purpose. It is so fulfilling. It is so enriching. You are filled with confidence. You are filled with hope. You are filled with joy when you are living the life that God called you to live. Doesn't mean you're going to be rich. Doesn't mean you're going to be famous. It means you're going to be fulfilled because you're living out the life that God called you to live. You walk through life going, I'm doing what God made me to do. I'm doing what God designed me to do. And here's the thing. I'm going to close with this. I'm going to close with this, Jason. When you do it, it's good. When I do it, it's good. When we all do it and we do it together, fit together, jointly together, perfectly fit together as the body of Christ, something beautiful happens. Now I'm going to try this. And we're just going to see if this works. When all of us do what we're designed to do, when the frame does what the frame is designed to do, when the stencil does what the stencil is designed to do, when the screws do what the screws are designed to do, when all of these pieces come together, when everything is working the way it's supposed to be working, when you are doing what God made you to do, and you're doing it in conjunction with everybody. This is what the body of Christ looks like. People think of divine purpose as just you. But your divine purpose, the scripture says, each part does its work jointly fit together. When we do it together, this might be violating some kind of code, but. My wife's an artist. I should have hired her. She's, she's fit for this. This is her calling. Thank you. Okay, ready? Let me show you what happens when we all work together and everything does what it's supposed to do. All the little parts are doing what they're supposed to do. Oh. I'm not going to say beautiful, but I'm going to say better than expected. This is what happens. When all of us do what God has designed us to do, and we do it together, and we work together, and we strive together, and your gifts supplement my gifts, and my gifts supplement your gifts, and the person next to you, and all of our gifts are working together, then not only you as an individual, but we as the body of Christ, the church triumphant, we fulfill the purpose that God has given us, his people on the earth. We do set the captives free. We do comfort those that mourn. We do bring joy for mourning and the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. We do open the prison doors to them that are bound. We transform the world when we collectively say, I'm going to do my part, connected to the body of Christ, each of whom is doing their part, for the fulfillment of what God has for each and every one of us. Who wants this? Is there a demand for this? Here you go. Let's just see if there's a demand for my artwork. There it is. There it is. One person. Amen. Just needs one. You just need one. Here's what, I, here's what I want us to do over the next several weeks. Here's what I want us to do. I want, here's what I want you to do today. Here's what I want you to do today. How do you spell decision? D-E-C-I. 
S-I. Amen. Some people are gifted with spelling gifts. I want you to make a decision. I want you to say, God, I'm going to pursue your purpose for my life. I'm going to examine the design. I'm going to accept. How about that? I'm going to recognize the design. Right, Kirk? I'm going to recognize. I don't need to go discover my design. I just need to recognize it. It's already there. This is what God, this is who I am. This is how he made me. This is how I'm designed. This is the background that I came from. These are the experiences that I've had. This is what I'm made up of, right? So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to recognize and value the design that I have. I'm going to recognize and value the desires that God has placed in my heart when I'm in pursuit of him. I'm going to deny the desires that I want to pursue when I'm not delighting my, li- my life in him and myself in him. But the desires that he put in my heart when I'm de- delighting in him, I'm going to pursue those. And it's not real hard to look around and go, man, there's some problems out here. There are some problems out here. I'm going to work to address those problems. I'm going to go get after that demand. I'm going to go get after that need. I'm going to go pursue that with all my heart. When we do that, church, I'm just telling you, we transform the world. We transform the world. St. Louis looks different when we do this together. So over the next several weeks, I'm going to invite you to just come and, and, and let's explore this together. Because I'm telling you, if you will begin to pursue the purpose that God has for you, there is no greater joy. There's no greater fulfillment than serving somebody else in an area of your giftedness, in your strength, to the glory of God. There is no greater fulfillment in life. I promise you that. Let's pursue that together. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, you are good. You're so good. I want to thank you, God, for not giving up your purpose for us, even when we deny it. I want to thank you, God, for for keeping your purpose intact, even when we run from it, even when we don't deserve it, even when we deny it, and even when we leave it, even when we ignore it, you keep knocking on the door. And God, you keep coming after us. You keep pursuing us, and we're so grateful for your grace. Thank you for loving us so well that like, even if we've denied your purpose for our life for decades, we can start fresh right here, right now, today, and begin to pursue the purpose that you have for our life. I want to thank you for every single person in this house here at the U City campus, at the Shaw campus, online, every single person. God, I just, I just pray that each of us would push into your purpose for our life, that we would go after it with everything we've got, that we would stop living a life of arbitrary self-interest meaninglessness And go after the beauty, the joy, the grace that you have for us as a people. We love you. We praise you. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen, amen. I want to invite you as we close out this service today, I want to invite you to respond. One of the ways that you can respond is is on our connection card, on our uh, remote digital connection card. We got some, we're getting some great input from people on these connection cards. You can scan that code and then click on it. If you want to get baptized, we're going to start planning a baptism Sunday. If you haven't gotten baptized, let's get baptized. Let's make that commitment to follow Jesus. Let us know. Put that on the connection card. If you want to follow Jesus and you've never followed Jesus, you've never said, hey, God, I'm yours. Let us know. Make that decision today. 
make take that step today let us know we'll pray with you if you have a prayer request we'll pray for you take a moment and fill that connection card out let us know how we can serve you if you have a victory report man god's working in my life let us know if you got a win we want to know uh, put that on the connection card if you want to partner with us in giving and generosity and expanding the mission of jesus you can respond today by doing that you can uh, scan that code and give you can do recurring gift uh, you can do one-time gift you can do it online however you want to do it if you want to be a part of expanding the mission of christ through one family church I i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you this this is exciting in october we've started inviting all of our mission partners they're going to start setting up tables out in the lobbies at both of our campuses. Uh, and you're going to get to see where, a, where tens of thousands of dollars a year go to help us advance the mission of Jesus throughout this region. Actually, throughout, throughout the world. All of the organizations that we support, all of the ministries that we support are going to be coming and sharing with you what you're doing through your generosity through one family church not to one family church through one family church to the mission that god has for us so if this is your church home i invite you partner with us give if you're a visitor or a guest please do not feel any obligation whatsoever to give this is a gift we have a gift for you we don't want anything from you but if this is your church home partner with us let's go do this let's go do this thing together the third way is through prayer uh, one of our prayer team members came up to me last Sunday and he said, man, folks need to know that we are there to pray for them. So this is my announcement to you. We have a prayer room out in the, out in the lobby as you go out and our prayer team members are going to be in there. And if you have a prayer request for anything, you need prayer for anything. They're there to pray with you. They're trained. These are trained prayer folk. They know how to pray. And they love to pray and they will urgently and earnestly pray for you. So if you have a prayer request on your way out, please stop by the, the prayer room on the right as you go out. And also in that prayer room, we have communion set up for you. If you want to take a moment and reflect on the ultimate sacrifice, you know, Jesus came and fulfilled his purpose. He said, I have come that you might have life, but for you to have life, I got to die. His body was broken. His blood was spilled. And we can, we can appreciate that. We can remember that together. Uh, we have communion set up in that prayer room for you if you want to go take communion. Amen. And then also today, right after this service, we have next steps. I'm going to be leading step one. We've got some little crackers and cheese and salami for you. Some yummy little treats. And uh, our next steps team will be right in the lobby. And then we'll meet you upstairs. We'll take you upstairs and we'll have step one up there. And you can learn a little bit more about what it looks like to take that step into your divine purpose. Amen. Would you all stand with me today? Our worship team is going to lead us in one more song. And let's just worship with our hearts wide open today. Amen. <laughs>